This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere, live or on demand on the iHeartRadio app. We are in the Ingalls studio. Big news for the Carolina Panthers once again. That 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 whole Scott Fitterer thing, that seems to be working out pretty well. Yeah, that's working uh, just fine. Hey, you just got Stefan Gilmore for what equates to the, the, this is the NFL equivalent of a bag of footballs. Yep. A sixth round pick going to the New England Patriots for Stefan Gilmore. First hour of the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Always brought to you by Ingles. Low prices. Love the savings. Yes, we've got that. We've got the Dallas Cowboys shaking things up as well. And, of course, you know, the, the Red Sox beat the Yankees. They're out of the playoffs. We're moving on to take on the Tampa Bay Rays. And it only makes it that much sweeter when you know that the guy who put the dagger in your heart in 2003 Red Sox fans, you just cost him his job. Aaron Boone will be unemployed shortly. Woo. <laughs> oh, Mr. Poo Pooer, you cannot bring me down today, son, because we just knocked the Yankees out of the playoffs, and it's all that matters in the baseball world. Woo. Los Angeles Dodgers take on the St. Louis Cardinals tonight in the National League wild card race. Um, so, yeah, there's. It's going to be that. You could end. We, we, we're possibly going to end up with 207 win teams facing off uh, in the division series. The Giants await the winner of tonight's game between the Dodgers and the Cardinals, and hopefully there will be more drama tonight for general baseball fans. I know Dodger fans, Cardinal fans, they're not looking for drama. They want to win this. They want to win this easily, much like the uh, Red Sox did last night in the six to two win over the Yankees. But it is what it is. Let's get into the NFL. Stephon Gilmore is now a Carolina Panther. You lose J.C. Horn. You already made the trade for C.J. Henderson. Now you got Stephon Gilmore. C.J. Henderson. What did I you say? Said JC. You combined J.C. Jackson and C.J. Henderson. I did, didn't I? I did, didn't I? Uh, C.J. Henderson, excuse me. Uh, this is just another example, though, of... The genius that is Scott Fitterer. Man, how it feels to have a team in the Carolina Panthers who have been through what seems like eons upon eons of just useless GMs. I mean, Marty Herney twice and, uh, and, and, and David Gettleman. We don't like to speak his name. But you found one. You finally found one in the hire from Scott Fitterer, and we said so back in January when the hire was made, that this was a great move, and he's done nothing but improve this team step by step. This is one of those moves that good GMs make. And now, I I have to preface this with, I do not anticipate him staying a Carolina Panther. No. This is a one-year rental, in my opinion. I believe so. Stephon Gilmore's looking for the bag. That's that's the reason that New England was ready to move off of him. 
This is a former defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. Fantastic corner. He cannot come off the pup list for two weeks. So he's not making his debut for two more games for the Carolina Panthers. Right. You're going to get 11 games in a playoff run with him for a sixth-round pick two years from now. That's absolutely well worth that it. That is exactly what you should do. And now I'm looking at this defense going, Derek Brown, Brian Burns, Shaq Thompson, Hassan Riddick, Jeremy Chin, C.J. Henderson, J.C. Horn, Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. That's the vet guy you needed. Mm-hmm. And now I look at this defense, and I look at Sam Darnold leading the offense, and I go, you know, you know, I'm not a Panther homer to any stretch of the imagination. That's a daunting team to have to play. It is. They are gonna. They will give everybody fits. As long as the quarterback quarterback play remains competent, which I don't have any doubts that it will, the first four weeks of the season have gone swimmingly in the Sam Darnold experiment here. It's not an experiment anymore. This is this is now been we've we've had our experiment. We have tested it. We've seen that it works for at least four weeks. We're good to roll with this. You get Christian McCaffrey coming back hopefully this week from the injury. Things are looking really, really good in Carolina now that you've added a former NFL Defensive Player of the Year to that secondary. And he's still good. I mean, he's he's not the corner that he was three years ago. Right. But I want you to think about this. So I said this morning, I started hearing rumblings about Carolina. Stephon Gilmore's from 25 minutes outside of Charlotte. Yeah, he's from Rock Hill. Rock Hill. Yeah. Went to South Carolina. This made a lot of sense. I kept hearing, oh, he's going to go to Tampa with Tom. Just because two (laughs) people played together does not absolutely mean that they're going to reconnect. And this is a guy that's already won a Super Bowl. Scott Fitterer was quicker on the draw than Tom Brady was. He well, just couldn't you make couldn't have afforded call. him under his current deal. So that was never happening. He had to get cut for him to wind up in Tampa Bay, and he would have had to have taken less money. Right. Made no sense. Right. Carolina made a lot of sense. And here's why. I did this this morning before this trade was ever announced. You skip the two games that he can't play. So you play the Eagles, you play the Vikings. Sorry, you're just not going to have him. You're going to have to make do with Dante Jackson and C.J. Henderson. After that, look at who they play. At the Giants, Kenny Galladay. At the Falcons, Calvin Ridley. At the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins. Washington football team, Terry McLaurin. You go down the list, you didn't have the guy that could stop that player. And you know who unveiled that? The Dallas Cowboys. And the sign of a good GM is they don't just go, what are we going to do, and roll over and die. Because you could have done that. And I got news for you. With Dante Jackson as your one, every guy I just said was going to hurt you. Not anymore. Right. Not anymore. And now, you can look down the line. J.C. Horn's targeted for a about three-month recovery process, which would put him coming back against who? Probably the Bucks. Your Tampa Bay yeah. Buccaneers. Yeah. And what does this move do for that? Now you have Stephon Gilmore, big physical corner that can contend with Mike Evans, mm-hmm. and J.C. Horn, mm-hmm. big physical corner that can contend with Chris, Chris Godwin. Godwin. Mm-hmm. And you've got C.J. Henderson, who's a fun little toy to play with in the slot. Yeah, and he can get abused by Antonio Brown. And then you look at the teams that they... <laughs> Then you look at the teams they may have to play right. in the playoffs. The Rams, who have two receivers. Mm-hmm. The San Francisco 49ers, 
who have two receivers. The Seattle Seahawks, who have two receivers. Do you kind of see where I'm headed with this? You think this opens the door for them to make a real run at a Super Bowl? I already said that they were in a, in a group of six teams that could go either way. There are six teams to me that are legitimate, no-doubt, Super Bowl contenders right now. Mm-hmm. It's the four we've already talked about. Rams, Bucks, Bills, Kansas City Chiefs. Two more have been added over the last month, which is the Arizona Cardinals and the Green Bay Packers. We did our power rankings in the Sportsocracy. Catch it on YouTube Live every weekday morning at 10 a.m. at thesportsocracy.com. And I said this morning, there's six more teams that are the pivot teams. The Dallas Cowboys, the L.A. Raiders, the L.A. Chargers, Carolina Panthers. Mm -hmm. Baltimore Ravens, and there's another one that I'm forgetting, but I can't think of this off the top of my head. Those six teams, you can tell me they fade off into the ether, and they're a backside of the playoff team, just missed the playoffs, or you could be a legitimate contender. Yeah. I could see every team I just said being a legitimate contender. Do things have to break your way? Yes. Mm-hmm. In the AFC, you have to go through Buffalo. Sorry about your luck. That's the way it works. You have to go through Buffalo. In the NFC, there are a lot of teams that are just really good. Well, here's the thing about that. They all play each other. So you add a piece like Stephon Gilmore, and it makes you more formidable. And you know why that works? Because you have a quarterback in Sam Darnold that, well, he's just not making that much money, is he? Right. A lot easier to not make moves anyway. like this when you're paying Sam Darnold $7 million than when you're paying Teddy Bridgewater 17 No doubt. I mean, you think about it, they've got, they've now, they, they, the Panthers have now added Stephon Gilmore and C.J. Henderson for $7 million this year. Mm-hmm. And a couple late-round picks. Mm-hmm. And Dan Arnold. Woo. <laughs> I still I still can't get over that trade. Dan Arnold. Well, Urban was probably a little distracted oh. when he made that trade. Aha! Aha! But you just look at what Scott Fitter has done since he's gotten there and three dimensional chess. Yeah, he is a he is a he is a value seeker. And he believes you know, he believes in the talent and says, you know what, we have the pieces to make this work here. Well, and that's the th- that's what happens when it, it, I screamed the Sam Darnold thing from the rooftops. Yes, you did. Before Carolina ever made this move, I said there's about four teams in the NFL that this makes infinite sense for: the Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. You don't think Denver would like to have Sam Darnold right now? Oh, hundred percent. Really? You don't think Denver's looking around going, "Huh, maybe we should have come off that two, four, and six the Jets were asking for," <laughs> because it looks a lot more fun doing that than paying Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, and having to deal with Drew Locke when he comes in for Teddy when he gets hurt. Yeesh. But that's what happens when you make deals like that. And you said Scott Fitter is a value seeker. I got news for you: Stephon Gilmore's not a value. He's a value in what you gave up. He's not a value in what you have to pay. Mm-hmm. He's still a highly, he's a well compensated commodity in the NFL. Yeah, but at but this you point can in do this... things like that when you get Sam Darnold that deals right. like Sam Darnold. That doesn't come up very often. Mm-hmm. There are not many teams that look at a quarterback and go, "Hey, he's talented, but man, we really don't want to pay him." <laughs> right, because had the, had Scott Fitter not called and said, "Hey, you know what? I'll give," because the report came out last night that they're going to cut him. They're gonna. The Patriots are gonna release Stephon Gilmore, and you got to imagine at that point they went. Do we want him to hit the open market, and do we want to have to negotiate, or 
How about I call New England and offer them something? I guarantee you, this was this was a this was a call between Scott Fitterer and the agent for Stephon Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're from here. We know you don't want to play out your contract in New England. That's why this came up. You want the long term deal because Stephon Gilmore still sees himself as a top five corner in the NFL. Yes, he does. I don't. I think he's in that six to twelve ish range. But obviously, nobody was ready to come off the multi-year deal. I'm sure the agent was working the phones. Mm-hmm. So Scott Fitterer calls and says, "Hey, you, you want to come home? You're right down the street from where you grew up, and you can play the contract out here, build up your value." There's really not, I, and I don't know this definitively. I've been told this, but I don't know it definitively. There's not really a plan for Stephon Gilmore to be around. More than the rest of this year. No, there's Could not. Could it happen? Sure. Everything that I have read so far says that Gilmore and the Panthers are both under the assumption that he will hit free agency at the end of this year. And they may and make a competitive offer then. And that that's what Gilmore wants. Gilmore wants it that way. He wants to hit the open market and he wants to see if he can get that big contract. Remember in the offseason... When they were, when, when all the deals were being signed, I don't remember whose deal it was that triggered him, but that was some cornerback that was signed for $12 million or whatever it is. And the deal that originally triggered him was Byron Jones. Last year. Yes. Yeah. Because but I'm he saying, signed with the Dolphins and he went, now I'm the third highest paid corner in my own division. Right, right. But then this year, he tweeted out the picture, uh, the, the screen grab of all of the 10 highest paid cornerbacks in the, corner, in the NFL, and he wasn't on it. He posted it up with this, oh, okay. Because he thinks that he deserves that kind of money. Now, at 31 years old, does he still deserve that kind of money? He's getting ready to find out. But everything tells me that this is ex- that this is exactly as we see it. As Stefan Gilmore is coming back home to play for the next 11 weeks, or the last 11 weeks of this season, whatever playoff run they could do, and then he'll hit the open market. And at that point, will the Carolina Panthers jump in and say, hey, maybe we'll sign you to a three-year contract for $10 million or $12 million or whatever you want. It's all going to depend on how he can play. The happiest person in the NFL today mm-hmm. is Brian Burns. He just looked around and went, ooh, that makes it a lot easier to rack up sacks because yep. that number one wide receiver, now we have something for that. Mm-hmm. And in the playoffs, you've got a young... And that's the the three-dimensional chess of this. You give J.C. Horn the opportunity to play in the playoffs, not having to be your one. Mm -hmm. You give C.J. Henderson the chance to play in the playoffs, not having to be your two. Dante Jackson, I don't know what your plan is with him, but that's neither here nor there. That's a Scott Fitterer problem, not mine. You get all of these young guys, and they get to learn from Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore's in the meeting room, and I guarantee you, there will be no one closer to him than J.C. Horn. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful move. It is. Very rarely do things work out like this where you just go, man, this makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> right, and it threw the wrench on everybody in the media that was still working on the where does Stefan Gilmore end up things because we were all preparing for him to be released. And then the news comes out, Scott Fitter has pulled another brilliant move and traded a sixth-round pick to the New England Patriots to get, like we said, it's only it's only been three years mm-hmm. since he won the MVP or won the Defensive Player of the Year award. 
And, and you're not getting that brilliant. guy, just no, so you know. we know. You're getting Darrell Revis with the New England Patriots. That's what he is. Mm-hmm. A diminished player that is still a tactician of this position. And when you look at the schedule, and you look at how everything lays out, what this move does, and I'm not trying to overvalue this, there are a lot of dominoes that come down here. This makes your pass rush better. Mm-hmm. This makes your cornerback room better. This makes it easier for your safeties to be rangy and, and make plays. And it makes things easier on Sam Darnold. Scott Fitterer is doing exactly what Joe Douglas and Mike McCagnan refused to do with Sam Darnold. I watched it firsthand. They never did things like this that just made it easier on him. Sam Darnold doesn't have to be Matthew Stafford. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. Because I got news for you. From If you put Matt and Sam at one, from two to 53... The Panthers roster is better than the Rams. You don't have the high side guys like they do. Right. But from 2 to 53, you're better than they are. And so you you know what you need? You need somebody to go through some down weeks or injuries, which are invariably going to happen in the NFL. And now you position yourself as a team that do you have to get lucky for it to happen? Absolutely. The Panthers would have to get lucky to get out of the wild card round in the NFC. Yes. But now you're one of those teams that could. Mm-hmm. Now you don't need an act of God. You need the NFL to happen. Mm-hmm. And you need it to not happen to you. And then you're in a position to take advantage of this. And from there, you never know. Again, Stefan Gilmore had uh, off-season surgery. He will not be able to come back or to join the Carolina Panthers until after week six. So... Uh, on you're the bright get- side, though, you play the Eagles and the Vikings in those two weeks. So <laughs> I think you're going to be just fine. Yeah, it makes things a little bit more palatable when you think about it in those terms. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. Pernicious. Adjective. Having a harmful effect, especially in a gradual or subtle way. Now, Wicked Weed's flagship IPA, winner of a silver medal at the U.S. Open Beer Championships, isn't harmful unless you're a competing IPA. Brewed in the mountains of western North Carolina, Pernicious IPA will destroy your expectations for all others in its class. Pernicious IPA inspires you to enjoy fresh and often. Order up at WickedWeedBrewing.com. Wicked Weed, the official craft beer of East Tennessee State University Athletics. Drink different, drink responsibly. You're in the sports tank. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. Is that Urban Meyer's theme song? What is, what is that? You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. Uh, there, so, Stephon Gilmore, that got all tied up in a nice little bow this morning. Jalen Smith, not so much, though. Dallas Cowboys have released Jalen Smith. And, I, Jeremy, I'm going to need you to explain this. To me and to everyone else, why, why do this now? Uh, well, it's a mixture of things. One is they're very fond of a guy they took in the draft by the name of Jabril Cox. Came out of LSU. If you watched our draft coverage, we said his name somewhere between as many times as we've said Urban Meyer's name in the last three days and as many stars as there are in the sky. They're very high on him. Uh, and the biggest thing, there's an injury settlement clause in Jalen Smith's contract that the only way his money next year was guaranteed is if he got hurt. Well, he's fallen out of favor with Dan Quinn because Dan Quinn, and don't ask me why this is, 
my thought is that Dan Quinn really likes linebackers that can cover, and Jalen Smith does not do that well. Mm-hmm. Yes, I understand he's athletic. He's not a great cover guy. Very rangy, very good linebacker, and he'll make somebody a great linebacker. The Washington football team. <clears throat> I don't know where that came from. But they didn't want the money to guarantee. If Jalen Smith did something and, his, and he hurt his knee in, in practice this week or in the game or whatever the case may be, his money for next year would have guaranteed. And they realized, we've already got Keanu Neal, we've got Leighton Vander Esch, we've got Micah Parsons that we can move all over the lineup, we got Jabril Cox that we can't get snaps for. It's just not a, necess- it's not a necessity. And nobody in the league was going to pay him $7 million this year and risk having the injury settlement catch up next year. Because, right. I mean, there's still a guy that I mean, blew out his knee and was almost to the point he couldn't walk. Mm-hmm. So there is an injury risk here. It made my- I mean, at first, I'm not going to lie, it caught me off guard when I saw it. And then the more I thought about it, the more I went, I, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's my, a dog-eat-dog league. Yeah, my, my initial reaction was, surely you could have traded him for something. They've tried. But that $16 million was, I guess, too much, too much of a frog for other teams to swallow. And, and I'll be honest with you, I had somebody tell me something, and, and I didn't think about this, with Gilmore and with Jalon Smith. This is kind of a, a, a sign of the times. Teams don't want to come off draft capital mm-hmm. because you need those younger guys at the bottom because the salary cap's still down. Right. I know it's going to go up. It can only go up so much. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a, hey, look over here. They're trying to tell you something that a former defensive player of the year goes for a six-round pick two years from now, right. and a player as talented as Jalen Smith, you can't get anything for him mm-hmm. because nobody wants to take the contract. And they knew eventually the Cowboys would. What I'm told is a lot of teams knew they would eventually cut him. I would not have been willing to play that game because I'm still shocked they're doing it. I am as well, but, I mean, it all makes sense. Yes, when you explain it out like that, the fact that you have the injury guarantees, he has an injury history, I understand but it's just it's odd to see a team go into these you know contract extension negotiations with guys and uh, i mean how long did we talk about Jalen Smith getting another contract from the Dallas Cowboys and then they went through all the hoopla and of course there was the head scratcher of wait how much are you going to pay this guy because you're already paying 100 million dollars to Amari Cooper and you're paying 6 billion dollars to Dak Prescott or whatever whatever that number ended up being. We know you have a lot of high price talent on this team. When they when they drafted all those linebackers, I said, well, well this is now the succession plan. Leighton Vander Esch gone. Jalen Smith gone. But then they signed him to a contract extension and I'm thinking, well maybe I was wrong. Well, and here's, but it just shows you, I guess, everything is kind of fluid. And here's the thing that will happen with Jalen Smith, because I need to explain something that I said. Jalen Smith's a very good cover linebacker. He's not in Dan Quinn's system. I know he grades well. I got that. The way Dan Smith uses, or, or I keep saying Dan, Dan Quinn. Smith, Dan Quinn keeps, uses linebackers, Jalen Smith just doesn't really fit it. Keanu Neal fits it better. And I'll be honest with you, I don't necessarily know how well Leighton Vander Esch fits it. And, and I think you could end up being right. He could be the next one gone. I see a path where the future at linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys is Keon O'Neal, Micah Parsons, and Jabril Cox. Keon O'Neal, isn't he old? 
Mm, not that old. 28, 26. Oh, 26. Wow. Yeah. I thought he was much older than that. No, I mean, he's on the backside of what would have been his first deal. Yeah. That's crazy. He signed with Dallas when uh, Atlanta didn't give him a new deal. I don't know why I had it in my mind that he was 30 at least. No. Hmm. And he's missed a lot of time with injuries. He has. Maybe that's it because he breaks all the time. I think he's old and brittle. Uh, but Jalen Smith's <laughs> going to make a very good linebacker for somebody that plays a specific kind of system. He just didn't fit with Dan Quinn. I still maintain that the Washington football team is the team that makes the most sense. Kansas City's a pretty close second. Yep. But somebody, and I won't be shocked if it's today. I won't be shocked if there's a team that goes, yep, we are going to, we're going to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't think he spends much time out there at all. And uh, to me, it's, that was my first thought was Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs have had a, uh, you know, a, a dearth at linebacker for four years now. They need something and... You know, I'm not the scheme guy. You're the scheme guy, Jeremy. But I don't care. If you're a linebacker and you're as talented as Jalen Smith, I think I can, I can find a place to use you. Yeah, I had to play this fun game with people on Twitter last night that kept saying, but his pro football focus grade says he's really good in coverage. And he is. Yeah. But then I was pulling up little clips going, hey, you see this? This is what Dan Quinn saw and went, mm-mm. Because Jabril Cox is probably better in coverage. Mm-hmm. And Keanu Neal is pretty solid in coverage. And Micah Parsons is not of this world. I'm pretty sure he got one of those symbiote things that uh, Venom got. Because he's not human. (laughs) The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. Uh, the offensive coordinator for the University of Northern Colorado, don't call us UNC because there's already one of those, he is uh, he's being reprimanded. His name, may ring a bell to you, it's Max McCaffrey. That's a, he's the oldest brother of Christian McCaffrey, star of the Carolina Panthers. And this past week, his Northern Colorado football team was taken on Montana State, and they got beat handily 40 to 7 was the score and at one point in the game max gets all angry and he breaks his clipboard and then as the school tells the story throws the clipboard into the crowd in frustration you know accidents accidents will happen and it hit a fan which is obviously bad news hit a fan with a broken clipboard and then Northern Colorado says the only thing that the fan wants is the clipboard. They want a souvenir. That's all. That's all. That's all they want. Now, that's the first way I heard the story. Then I read the story from Outkick the coverage, and they say that, or there is a Northern Colorado fan who is claiming that he was making fun of Max McCaffrey's pants during the pantsing that hit that Montana, Montana State gave them, and that's how this happened. That Max McCaffrey got so angry that he was making fun of how tight Max's pants were that Max broke the clipboard and then threw it at him. He didn't hit the fan that was making fun of him, but hit somebody else. I don't know what to believe in this scenario, but I can see it going either way. I, I'm going to need to see a picture of these tants uh, before I, I can cast aspersions. 
Just how tight were the pants? I, I need to know what these pants look like. Pants? Tight pants. Oh, tight pants. If it works with scored, it works with everything else. <laughs> See, I'm a big fan of shants. I, I, I wear shants quite often. Shants. Short pants. Short pants. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can keep doing it's, this. Okay. Yeah. You should either laugh or I'm just going to keep doing well, it until I mean, you do. I mean... Because say- if you're not laughing, no one else is because you <laughs> laugh at everything. It's, I get it. You're going down the scort path. Bingo. Jorts. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be a big fan of jorts and then... And then people told me that wasn't a cool thing unless you had a mullet, and I can't grow a mullet, so. I mean, you could grow a mullet. You would just look like Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> I don't think that qualifies, really. That's that's called the mud flap. Nope, that's called a skullet. A skullet. That's skullet. what it is. The skullet. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing the skullet. Uh, please don't, because uh, I'd hate to have to make fun of you more than I already do. No. We don't talk a lot of soccer on this show. No. But... David Tepper has now made me talk about soccer. Okay. Charlotte FC, which will join MLS next season, is the focus of a new show whose working title is Welcome to the Team. This is a reality show that's being produced by Mark Burnett. If that name sounds familiar, it's because he is the one who created The Apprentice, Shark Tank, The Voice, and Survivor, along with many other reality shows. Okay. The goal of this show is somebody's going to win it. And they're going to be on the team. Nice. They get a roster spot on the team. And I can't decide if I think that's the greatest marketing plan in the history of time, which is what I'm leaning to, or completely asinine. No, this is the greatest marketing plan marketing plan ever because... If it was in any other sport, I would agree with you. It'd be dumb. If it was in any other major sport, I would agree with you. With soccer, this actually might be brilliant. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is this is a great marketing tool for soccer. This is how you get people invested in a new team, mm-hmm. in a new sport. So many people in America do not do soccer. I'm one of them. Can't mm-hmm. do it. I've had some friends try to get me into soccer and World Cup soccer. Sure, I can get into that every four years. But the USA isn't in it. So how am I going to watch the World Cup? I don't care. I don't care if Germany beats China or whoever's going to be in the World Cup. If the U.S. isn't in it, I'm not watching it. So I'll be honest with you. Haven't watched soccer in about, what's it been, 12 years, 8 years at least, since we've been in the World Cup? There's been a full one, so I think it's been 7 years. Yeah. 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 I think this is a brilliant idea. I kind of do, too. Now, was it As in, I have more thought about it, I kind of do, too. Now, I'm with you. Were it in any other sport, this would be an absolute joke. You would be an absolute joke of a franchise if the Jacksonville Jaguars... they Don't we, give them ideas. We love to be their punching bag. What if they held an open tryout, all, you know, Invincible style, the Vince Papali story, and we're going to find that guy, you know, that guy to come off the street and join the team? It would be the dumbest move ever. I, they could they could do one of those for their next head coach, and they could host it at Urban Meyer's. Bu- oh, that's a bad idea. Oh, no. That's what got the last coach. No. We shouldn't yeah. do that. Mm-mm. Oh, but apparently, and I didn't know this. So Charlotte now has they have seven players that okay. they that they've signed ahead of next year. One of them, and I'm going to say this name. How I'm not going to get yelled at for saying it. I'm going to say it's Christian Fox. Okay. It's spelled in a way that if I said it how it was spelled, which is how I usually do names, I would get super fired. So, gotcha. okay. 
We'll go with Christian Fox. So it's F U X F U C K or F U C H S. Oh, okay. Is how that's spelled. I think that's Fuchs. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going. I actually I grew up with a guy whose last name was that. I see what you're saying. And it was pronounced Fox. So oh, okay. that's how all I'm right, going. All right. Well, then go with that. Uh, so they have seven players on the team, and one of them is this Christian Fox guy who is a former Leicester City standout Premier League champion. Apparently, he's a big deal in soccer. Do I have soccer. to do this with you, too? It's Leicester. Stop saying Leicester. I don't know. I... <sighs> What's the big road outside the stadium, outside the studio? Leicester Highway. No, it's not. Stop it. You're from here. You should know this. You should know this better. It's Leicester. Leicester. Stop it. If you want me to say Lester, pronounce, spell it L-E-S-T-E-R. <laughs> That's not that difficult. I've had this argument with people for years. Yeah, yeah. And you failed miserably at learning. It's Leicester. Keep going. Just, just Anyway, going. they have seven players. That guy's one of them. Uh, and this will be probably the next player on the team. Okay. So the next player on the team will be the winner of this contest. Yes. And if they're smart, they'll integrate the seven that are already signed into this. I'm sure This is Hard Knocks 101. How many players that have been featured on Hard Knocks did you not know in the least? And then you watched Hard Knocks, and now you know who they are. Yeah, there's been a few. And if you, I mean, if if Mark Burnett is is doing this, it's on a network. And it's most likely on CBS. I think uh, Foster Moreau. Foster Moreau was one. I learned about him first on Hard Knocks when that was the Raiders' year. I don't know. I I don't know. Because I think people that are people that people outside of the soccer world may come into this expecting to see some kind of a Ted Lasso kind of a thing, and if it's not that, it's not. It's not gonna. It's not gonna get my attention. It's it's not gonna drag me into soccer. I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe this will be the one thing to open up the the mind. And see, that's what you got to do when you're when you're a fledgling sport. Of course, it is the most popular sport in the entire world. But when you're a fledgling sport in this country, I think this is the best way to do it. You give people uh, a little bit of a entertaining way to get involved in the game. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I- I, when I first read it, I was going to make fun of it, and then I sat here and thought about it, and I went, that's not bad. Especially when you have the best reality show producer on earth behind it. Mark Burnett, the creator of Survivor. I'm literally looking at every reality show he's ever done. I think it's everyone I've ever heard of. Oh, okay. I'm not too terribly into big reality shows, but... There could be some interesting twists in this. I'm not into television if it's not live sports. If you gave me $100 right now for every show I could name you that was on network television, you would owe me $0. I'm not surprised by that. Because I don't think I could tell you many either. Can you name a show? A show? Uh, I think that Clarice show is still on. The, the Silence of the Lambs show. Oh, no. I think that's the most recent show I've ever watched, but I never watched it live. It was always on Hulu or on demand. Yeah, I know. I mean, is Young Sheldon still on? I know that was a thing. I think so. Solely because I watched The Big Bang Theory. I think so. 
I don't know anything else. I don't either. We're sports guys. We don't. Mm-hmm. We watch live sports. That's yeah. what we do. Yeah. And when I'm not watching live sports, I'm watching movies. Jeremy doesn't do that. He just he 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 fills his time with all of the all of the sports and all of the drinking. And yeah, I watch live sports again from like coaches type. Right. <laughs> right. He 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 watches the games again. Without Only the, from without different those, angles this time. Without those annoying, pesky commentators. If I had a dime for every time I've heard the words all 22 tape come out of his mouth, I would be the richest man on the planet. I will be honest with you. If a network would do a show called All 22, I'd watch every episode of it. You would be in the vast minority of people. You would be surprised by that. More people would watch that than you think, especially mm-hmm. if somebody was there to explain it. Mm-hmm. See, for me, that would make me like it less. Well, you'd have to, because the rest of us don't understand what we're looking at. There's more than you think. <laughs> All right, but good for David Tepper, though. It's just another another example of how he's out to do big things with this Carolina Panthers franchise, with the with this Charlotte FC franchise. Stadium's next. You got the headquarters coming in in Rock Hill in two years, and stadium's next. I'm just waiting for that domino to fall. I mean, and that was kind of why I told the story is I wanted to tie it in of, yeah, you did pretty well when it came to finding an owner. Because that guy has very lofty aspirations. Mm Mm-hmm. He's a killer. I mean, that's that's the thing about him. He was so successful as a hedge fund guy. I mean, that's... This is what you do, right? You're the money guy. You know how the, how good. cutthroat these guys have to be, and mm-hmm. and and it's not just about being cutthroat. It's all about finding the next big thing. And whether we like it or not, as traditional you know four sports fans here in uh, here in America, soccer is the next big thing. But see, we've heard that for so long, but it's continuing to build. I mean, they're adding more teams. You get into more markets. You get more people watching. You get more people going to the games. You got reality television shows about it. This is how it all starts. I know, am I saying that, that, that soccer is going to become one of the biggest sports in America? No. It's the most popular youth sport, and I understand why. It's easy to play. I mean, not easy to play, but you know what I mean. I mean, is, you got a ball, you got a bunch of kids running around, and you know the kids can mm-hmm. the kids have fun playing. So it's like one of the biggest youth sports in America. Mm-hmm. You got those kids that are playing in youth sports; they're going to grow up, and they're going to have eyeballs, and they're going to have money. And here you go. There's a generation of, you know, when I was a kid, we didn't have soccer. You just didn't play soccer in America. It was baseball, football, basketball. Soccer was an ancillary thing. Now you got so many kids playing it that there are going to be generations that know it more than they do football or baseball or basketball. I will say I do find it funny that David Tepper has the record for the highest purchase price for an NFL team. He also has the highest purchase price for an MLS team. Yeah. You get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. And guess what? He's done pretty well with it. Their social media team is phenomenal. The, the Carolina Panthers? No, the the Charlotte, oh, the Charlotte FC. FC. They are fantastic. Why and that's that? not ironic either, because the Panthers probably have the best social media team in all the NFL. Yeah. That's what, not what did accident. they What did they do that was so fantastic? The soccer team? Yeah. 
just things I see. Mm. There are a lot of people that that that, that cover soccer that I follow, so I see a lot of different soccer do, things in my timeline. Do they have a mascot yet? See, can't do it. That's why I can't do soccer. Here's gonna. I was about to say. Here's a stupid question. Do soccer teams have mascots? I don't. I don't know. I'm sure at some point maybe they do. Uh, the only MLS team that I can name off the top of my head was the New York Red Bulls. Mm-hmm. Which immediately made me ask the question: Is is your mascot an actual Red Bull or a Red Bull? That's no, a sponsorship. Well, I mean, I got yeah, that. It was, but, it was just. But your little no dancing mascot. mascot on the sideline was it a Red Bull or a Red Bull? I don't know that they had one. Do soccer teams I need, have that? I, I need information on this. Right. Somebody at Jay Green ESPN on Twitter. Right? Do they are are there mascots that walk around at soccer games? There's not. There should be. I don't know that. The, it's just not the way the game's played. I mean, the players are enough uh, entertainment. You don't need to. You don't need you don't you don't need the mascot. You don't need the guy in the big foam suit. You have enough actors on the field as it is. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I have to take my shots. I still think it's hilarious to me when I see all of those replays of dudes flopping in soccer. I don't understand how anybody who watches soccer can have any complaints about LeBron James. Cuz I have seen a thousand times things worse from soccer players. It's just not my thing. I'm not going to bash you if it, if that's your thing. Go, you know, go to the Charlotte FC games. I'll have go. some fun. I'll go to a game. I won't know what the hell's going on, but I'll go to a game. I'll go. <laughs> and I'll sit. Uh, can, I, can we sit in the Can suite we sit again? in the box? Yeah. Can we get in the box for the games? Sweet life is sweet life. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed it is. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. The season we've all been waiting for is here. No, not that one. The season of the Big Orange Tent is underway in Western North Carolina. The area's largest selection of Halloween costumes, decorations, and accessories is at the Big Orange Tent at the Asheville Mall. Halloween Express is your one-stop shop for adult and child costumes, superheroes, horror icons, inflatable suits. You can find it all under the Big Orange Tent at the Asheville Mall. 10 to 8 Monday through Saturday, 12 to 6 on Sundays. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400 The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Yep, uh, we, we have a little change to the schedule this week. Uh, Asheville Police Chief David Zach will be joining us in the next hour to do the Beat the Chief. We normally do it on Fridays, but... Yeah, that means y'all have to pick the Thursday games, because uh, I've been eating it on Thursdays. Oh, have you been? We've done, this will be the what the fourth of these? Yeah, I've hit one of them. That's it. I think I might have hit two. Yikes! That's not. That's every not week I look at that little empty spot where you you two haven't picked that, and I'm like, hey, yeah. that's that's not fair. <laughs> I'm carrying some L's here that I shouldn't be. Yeah, well, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, we only keep track of the games that we differ on anyway. It keeps the score smaller. And more manageable that way. Yeah, that's how you keep track of it. That is not how I keep track of it. <laughs> we'll see that. Little, but like I said, that, that that's not fair because we don't pick those games. So you can't you can't really equate the two. No, the winners by percentage. Oh, that's if that's I'm taking the risk of taking the uh, Thursday night game because you know we have a segment with my name on it. Right, I have to pick that. Of course. So you go by percentage, winning yep. percentage. 
Okay. Uh, anyway, beat the chief coming up uh, at the end or at the top of the hour after the Sports Center update. We had this uh, update from college football. Derek Stingley Jr. is having surgery, and he is going to be out indefinitely. He's had some kind of medical procedure on his left foot, and LSU saying today that there is no timetable. No timetable for his return. He put a a message out on social media saying that he's going to do all he can to come back and play by the end of the season. But this was was a procedure that had to be done. And, I I mean, who can really blame him? I mean, dude, you're going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. No doubt about it. And then your team's three and two, and you're you're getting ready to probably lose again this week. Who who, who do they play this week? Yeah, who do they play this week? It just went out of my head. I had it in my mind earlier. Oh, I thought since you had teed that up like that, that you already knew. Oh, it's Kentucky. Old Kentucky. There you go. Undefeated Kentucky. So the three and two. There's no shot at a national title. No shot at the college football playoff for them. And now. you got Cookie Monster as your coach. I mean, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. I'd probably have elective surgery too. You know, the more and more I go, we go down this path with LSU. The more and more I think, I don't know that he survives at the end of the he season. Won't. I'll go ahead and tell you what. You He's think not it's going done to make it deal. Out of this He's going to be done. There are so many things that I have been told off the record about LSU. Some of which I couldn't say on this show if I wanted to. Right. That I don't know how you survive at all. There were things last year that they're almost beyond belief mm-hmm. of things he has said and or done. That's why Eric Gilbert left. Some of them, all you have to do is Google it. Really? There were some things that went on last year that had he not just won a national title, he'd already be gone. This is more than just the the, the hot young girl that he's hooked up with that and all of that. That has nothing like, to do with it. Things he's said, things he's done, not getting behind the players on certain things. Mm-hmm. There's just, there's a lot. Yeah, I don't think he's, that's one of the things that I've, I've I said this on, a, I don't even remember which show it was. My life has they turned into together. one big amorphous blob of uh, shows, days. Yeah. Yeah, I do hits on other shows too, which is real fun. I told somebody earlier, yeah, I got availability. 2 a.m. on Thursday. You, you, that good with you? <laughs> but I told whoever that was. Everybody's talked about Urban Meyer with USC. That makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. Urban Meyer with LSU? That makes far more sense. Now, I mean, maybe not now because... I was going to say, I don't think they're, I don't think any college is going to be okay with Urban Meyer coming back to, to campus. It's cute when you're wrong. Oh, yeah? If Urban Meyer walked away... I, I'll go one step further. I would almost bet you that the way Urban Meyer leaves is the way Bobby Petrino leaves. Or Bobby Petrino left. Oh, so some college is going to reach mm-hmm. out to him and he's just going to... And I won't be shocked at all if it's LSU. Well, you're asking for trouble, in my opinion. So th- be really honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I'm, I think we all know I'm the furthest thing from a moralist. This wasn't something that would get him fired. The, the deal with the girl in the... Oh, 100% it would have. No, it wouldn't have. If he'd have been the head coach at Ohio State, and that's a co-ed at the school. Think about what you're getting ready to say. There ain't no doubt about it. You think that's the first time? No, I don't think it's the first time, but it's the first time that we would have found out about it in the public. Think about what you just said. Okay. 
it probably happened more than once. It might have. You never knew about never it knew until about he it. was in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Think about everything he's done. And think about. You think none of these ever happened? You don't no, think he hired some suspect coach at Ohio State or Florida, but you never knew about it? Of course. You know why? You think they're going to be able to cover it up now? Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah, I think oh. you're wrong. How many examples do you want me to give you? We just did this at Tennessee not that long ago, where Jeremy Brewer was on camp, was literally on tape going, you've covered these things up before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely in a college. If Urban Meyer said, I want out of Jacksonville, every open job in the country would go, well, we can talk. I can't tell you that I get the Board of Regents to agree to it, but we can talk. I don't think you could get anybody to agree oh, to it Oh, you're off now. your rocker. Bobby Petrino got hired immediately after he walked away from a team that just had the darkest day in its team history. Okay. Yeah, let me tell you a little thing about winners in college football. They get a lot of latitude. Rich Rodriguez, I know this personally. He ain't the nicest guy you ever met in your life. Mm-hmm. He got a lot of opportunities. You know why? Because he won. I don't know that the I don't know that you're going to find an organization or a school that wants to put their whole uh, uh, their their whole reputation on the line, just like LSU did with Les Miles. You see how the fallout of that happened? Mm-hmm. Everybody then, connected to that went down. Uh huh. And I don't think they're going to do it with Urban Meyer. Ten years after it happened. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. we got Beat the Chief coming up next here on ESPN Asheville. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville. 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. Man, it feels like a Friday. No, it's not just because this leak has already been too long. It's because we got the chief in here. Asheville Police Chief David Zach joining us in the studio. Uh, you know, travel plans coming up later on in the week, forcing us to do the Beat the Chief segment on a Wednesday instead of a Friday. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all here for it. Uh, you know, you guys, you guys want to step to the king, you best not miss. Cause I beat you again. And now I got a two game lead on the Chief. I, I, I don't know why you're struggling with this so bad. You didn't beat me. We won the exact same number of games. No, sir, we did not. What happened? <laughs> he decides to keep score by going, we disagreed on this. I, I have it in front of me. Now I'm going mm-hmm. to have to go. What's the sta- to- what are the standings here? Where are we uh, at? The standings are currently uh, are I'm 14 and 12 on the year. Chief, you are 12 and 14. And Oof. Jeremy is 10 and 16. In our four weeks of picking games, I guess he's. I went four and three last week, thanks to the uh, the Cardinals, the Chargers, and the Browns. Those were the games that I picked against all the both of you, and how I picked up my lead. Four and three for me last week. Two and five for Oof. the both of you. Oof. So you know, I'm just saying, just saying. So I've been winner two weeks. Oh, wait a minute. You audibled one of these picks. You already told me this. I forgot about it. You changed one of your picks. (laughs) Did I change one of my picks? That or you did the same thing I did with the Jets where you hem and hauled around and I wrote it and stopped listening to you. Right. 
Yeah, uh, he's right. Yeah, yeah. Not after the show, he yeah. didn't change his mind. Yeah. No, not no, after no, no, the show. No. Oh, all right. No, no, I did one of these things where I do the big setup of how so-and-so can win, and then I go, yeah, but I don't think so. I also forgot all he had right. the Chargers. I did. I did. So, I'm leading again, and things look good. I don't want to gloat too much because it's not going to last very long. But I am winning. Anyway, uh, <laughs> second hour of the program is always brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check them out at wickedweedbrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing, drink different. All right, this week in the NFL on Thursday night, we've got the, uh, the showdown in Seattle between the Los Angeles Rams and the Seahawks. And the Rams are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And as the champion, I will start it off and say, I don't think that the Los Angeles Rams, after getting beaten like they did this past week against the Arizona Cardinals, have too much of a chance to lose this one. I don't care that it's on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks' defense is not good. And we have seen every every facet of the Los Angeles Rams game is good. I'm taking the Rams minus the two and a half. Jeremy? I think we all know how I feel about Seattle. The Rams are not losing two games in a row. No. I'm taking the Rams minus the two and a half. Okay. Uh, but just for posterity's sake, yeah, yeah. 91% of the money is currently on the Rams. That's a lot. That's one of the highest numbers I've seen in the NFL this year. <laughs> that is a lot. 91% of the money on the Rams. What say you, Chief? What do you I'm think? with both of you guys on that. I can't go against the Rams on this. They're not, not going to lose two weeks in a while. Better on both sides of the ball. All right. Then uh, on Sunday, it all starts off. Jeremy's got to get up super early after his late night of debauchery. <laughs> He's got to get up all seepies in his eyes and stuff. Will He's he ever gonna... go to bed? That's the... <laughs> Now that's the question. Oh, and, we the have a, and we have a show at halftime of this. Yes, we do. <laughs> it should be just a tremendous watch. <laughs> New York Jets, Atlanta Falcons at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London. If anybody wants to Uber me to the stu- to the studio for that one, that would be tremendously nice of you. Oh, these are the ones. These are the games that, uh, that 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 you live for. You'll be able to get up in the morning on Sunday, cook you some breakfast, have some football with your eggs. The the last time we played in London, uh, it was at nine thirty in the morning, like this too. Yeah, I almost burnt my house down because I came up with this brilliant idea that I was going to make a breakfast casserole in a crock pot. Uh huh. Yeah, uh, didn't read all the instructions. Those help. And it had been maybe a slightly longer night than I had anticipated. <laughs> and I woke up to a small fire in my kitchen. Oh no! <laughs> yep, set a crock pot on fire. Oh, all right, since that's hard to do. Since it is your Jets, though, Jeremy, we will let you make this pick. Your Jets coming off the win over the Tennessee Titans this past week, and you are a three-point dog. To one of the worst teams in the NFL. I mean, which granted, is, you are a three. You are one of the worst teams in the NFL, which is dumb to me. The Atlanta Falcons shouldn't be a three-point favorite on anybody. Uh, Zach Wilson showed the arm last week. The one thing that scares me about this game because we do have Bryce Hall for Calvin Ridley. We've got fast linebackers to deal with Cordero Patterson and Mike Davis. Mm-hmm. The one thing that scares me: we have never defended tight ends well, ever. And I've been telling you, there's a breakout game for Kyle Pitts coming. Yeah. And I am really afraid it's going to be at the expense of my New York Jets. <laughs> but that's not enough. I think the Jets should be about a point favorite in this game, which means we got a three-point swing. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the Jets plus the two and a half. All right, Jets plus uh, Jets plus the – I've got it at three you on got- betus.com. You're right. 
I okay. looked at. I did that. Oh, thing did you, you do did. that thing where you looked at the? I oven? looked at the oh, initial. Look at that. <laughs> it's not just Tank that does that every now and then. Uh, <laughs> all right, Jets plus the three for Jeremy. I will. I'm going to be on his side after watching them take down the Tennessee Titans this past week and seeing Zach Wilson actually look like a, a legitimate NFL quarterback. I think he's going to be able to handle that Atlanta secondary pretty well. So I will take the Jets plus the three as well. Chief, what do you say? I'm with you guys on this one as well. All right. I like the Jets. All right. Smart guys. Smart guys. Stick with me, guys. I will take you to the promised land. Uh, the, <laughs> the Miami Dolphins are at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you know, Sunday night didn't go the way I wanted it to. I really thought it was going to be the beatdown of the century, but it wasn't. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots played my guys tough. We've got some serious issues in the secondary. Thank God we're taking on a team this week, though, that doesn't have a quarterback. Jacoby Brissett is not the answer. Tua Tungavailoa wouldn't be any different if he were playing either. Uh, Tampa Bay is a 10.5-point favorite, and I still don't think it's enough. I'm taking my boys to cover the 10.5. Chief? I got to go with you on this one as well. I got to go with you on this one as well. I just, I don't, I don't see, I just can't, I, Miami can't score. Yeah. Not against Tampa. No. I mean, I think they will be able to score, but I don't but think they're going to be able to keep up on the no, scoreboard. No, they're not going to be able to keep up. This is one of those trappy games that I talk about quite often. Uh-huh. And I still don't think it matters. This is a former division rival for Brady. Mm-hmm. He didn't play particularly well on Sunday night. Coming off the high of beating Bill Belichick. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know that if Tampa Bay scores 14 points, they might cover this just with that. I, that Miami Dolphins offense is terrible. Yeah. And one thing that really benefits a bad secondary is in no way having to worry about a team running. Which you don't have to worry about with Miami. They don't run ever. No. I'm taking Tampa Bay minus 10.5. Yeah, and even if you tried to run the ball, you wouldn't be able to do it anyway against that Tampa front. The Philadelphia Eagles in Charlotte this week to take on the Carolina Panthers. Chief, since you're the new Panthers fan, since I they're, they're, they're adopting been... you into the Roaring Riot, apparently. <laughs> uh, we'll, let you, we'll let you start the pick on this one. Carolina Panthers, three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Eagles. I had a feeling the Panthers were going to take it on the chin last week, and and I was right on that call. Uh, but I think there's a big bounce back this week, and uh, I think they carry this easily. Easily. Easily, easily carry the three-and-a-half against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll say you, Jeremy. Yeah, you remember how I said 91% of money was on the, on the Rams? Yes. It's 93 on Carolina. It should be. I'm with Chief Zach on this one. I don't think this is ever close. Jalen, let me put it this way. The best offense they've had has been Jalen Hurts running, and now he gets to deal with Shaq Thompson, who's as big as him and markedly faster. Carolina, not close. No, I see Carolina in a hammer spot on this one as well. Uh, I mean, they could have Christian McCaffrey for this weekend, but I don't, to I, me, I, it I'll be honest with you, don't. Don't do that. I just read the same thing. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. This is not the game. Give him a week. You don't need him. Right. Actually, I need him on my fantasy. So <laughs> Okay, yeah. See, Chief says we need but him. But I, I, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him sit out another week, though. I don't want to lose him any longer. Hey, just yeah, yeah. play Chuba this week. <laughs> Chuba, we Put some ice on That defense is going to be able to get after uh, Jalen Hurts, I believe, and I'm not, I'm not convinced that the Philadelphia Eagles can, can really score a whole lot of points. Will Gilmore play? No, no he Gilmore can't play. Can't play. Can't play. No, he's still on PUP. 
Okay. Yeah, he's still on the uh, physically unable to perform list, so he can't come back. What until, a nice pickup! For is Carolina. it until week six or after week after six? After week six. After week six, he'll be able to come back. That's a hell of a pickup, though. Uh, for yeah, nothing. Six for round a six pick? round pick, no doubt. No doubt. The New Orleans Saints. All right, so we're all on the Carolina Panthers minus the three and a half against the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, you can follow along with us and lock in your wagers as well. Go to betus.com, betus.com. Use the promo code SPORTSOCRACY when you make your deposit. BetUs will, will give you a deposit bonus of 125%, and they will do that up to $2,500. So a chance for a lot of free money if you make your deposit with betus.com. And use the promo code, our promo code, Sportsocracy. The New Orleans Saints at the Washington football team. New Orleans Saints are a two point favorite. Washington is a team that has struggled this year. New Orleans, it hasn't been much of a different story. They've been a very up and down kind of a team. Jeremy, which, uh, which New Orleans team do you think shows up this week? I'm very conflicted. Okay. Because New Orleans plays well in odd-numbered weeks. This is week five. <laughs> That's a very odd thing to say. But Think okay. about it. They've played well in week one and week three. Yeah. They were dog water in week two and week four. Okay. I'm taking New Orleans. I don't want to in the least, but I'm. this is going to be one of those where Washington wins, and I go back and listen to this and go, just don't do it. You're him and hawing around it again. Taking New Orleans. New Orleans to cover the two. Is is anything really changing for New Orleans this week, though? That's my question. What needs to change? I don't know. If I knew the answer to that, I would call Sean Payton and ask for a job so I could help him figure out what's wrong with his team every other week. What does Washington struggle with? The pass. I was going to say defense, but okay. okay yeah. I, I mean, narrow it down like that. Well, yeah, the pass is the worst. I, I just don't know how you're going to stop Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. Plus, this is an angry team. Okay. Man, I want to audible this pick, but I'm not going to. All right. All right, Chief, what do you think? I was not swayed by the odd week uh, theory. The argument, yeah. Yeah, the odd week theory does not do it for me. Um, yeah, I just like, I like Washington football team this week. All right, all right. So, no, I think, I think I'm going to be with the Chief on this one. The Washington football team just... I think there's something going there. I know that uh, the New Orleans defense is better than some of the defenses that Taylor Heineke has been playing against, but Taylor's in a bit of a he's in a bit of a groove right now. He's been putting out stats, and I get that it's, it, it's been tough for the football team to find wins. But I'm not I'm not sold. I am not sold on the New Orleans Saints as I like the way he followed up can, after Buffalo. Yeah. He, he followed up nicely after that beatdown, and right. uh, I think he does enough. Right. And I like the fact that Curtis Samuel has come back and joined this team now. It gives them another. He's hurt again. Is he hurt again? What mm-hmm. happened now? I, I don't know, but there's he was limited in practice and well, that, up in the air as to whether he plays Sunday. Well, that changes absolutely nothing for me on this. <laughs> uh, I, you know, you know, I'd like to see him out there on the football field, but... Uh, you you know me, I have a little man crush on Antonio Gibson, so I'm going to be on the Antonio Gibson side of this. Let, let me see if this does it a little better. Yeah, Washington has looked like a really competent offense twice. That was against the Giants and the Falcons. What are they really bad at? 
for pretty much everything was yeah. the answer I was looking for. Okay. Uh, the Chargers and the Bills, two good defenses. They did not look like a competent offense in those. Saints are pretty good defensively. Mm-hmm. Okay. Low scoring affair, I would think, in this one. But uh, I'm going with the Washington football team. So, Jeremy, your chance to pick up a game on us with your pick of the New Orleans Saints. Minus two at the Washington football team. You got the Tennessee Titans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The, the 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 Jets thing apparently has swung everyone mm-hmm. because the Tennessee Titans are a four and a half point favorite, and I think I would have them as a four and a half point favorite if I don't know half the team got lost on the way to the stadium. <laughs> the, half of the team could show up, and it's only the third stringers, and I would still have Tennessee as a four and a half point favorite against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This number is nowhere near close. I don't see Jacksonville being competitive at all. I don't either. Against the Tennessee Titans. So I'm heavily on uh, the Tennessee Titans to cover the four and a half. I'm on Tennessee. I think they're angry after the Jet game. Uh, The the line's bad. You know, the Jets just annihilated their line. You know what Jacksonville doesn't have? A Quinn and Williams. Yep. So I I don't care. Uh, Okay, you got Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's one guy. They don't have any other pass rushers. Nope. I'm good. Tennessee minus four and a half. All right, Chief. I did the double take when I saw the line, too. I said, that can't be right. Right. And I wish I had a whole lot more money because this is where I'd be putting it this week <laughs> is, is on this game. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys with the Titans on this one. All right, very good. The Detroit Lions taking on the Minnesota Vikings. I almost said Timberwolves, which means I need a break. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will roll down the rest of the games coming up this week. In the NFL, we're playing Beat the Chief with Asheville Police Chief David Zach. Beat the Chief, as always, brought to you by Clarissa Marshall of EXP Realty. Go to ClarissaSellsWNC.com. Whether you are uh, buying or selling a home, uh, Clarissa needs to be your gal. All right, it's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. Tag one. I want tag one. I, I'm literally going to disagree with you just for the sake of disagreeing with you, so I don't have to listen to that again. You came in this morning singing, "Do you want to build a snowman?" to I Stephon did. Gilmore. I did. I did. Uh, and and then he ruined it by immediately getting traded to the Carolina Panthers. Well, I, I should have ruined be a it when I immediately bit. went. Mm, that's not happening. I thought it was going to be a great bit, though. We could have Tom Brady call up Stephon Gilmore and say, "Do you want to win a Super Bowl?" Then come to Tampa Bay. I've only heard that 48 <laughs> times today. Uh, we are playing Beat the Chief, brought to you by Clarissa Marshall of EXP Realty. Check her out at ClarissaSellsWNC.com. Asheville Police Chief David Zach joining us here in the studio on a special Wednesday edition of Beat the Chief. And uh, we are rocking and rolling through the games here. We have uh, one disagreement so far. Jeremy has taken New Orleans. Against the Washington football team, Chief and I are both on the Washington football team this week. We got the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota is a nine-point favorite at home against the Lions. Chief, why don't I let you break the ice on this one? In this NFC Norse matchup. If you don't do it, I probably will. Nine's an awful lot. It is an awful lot. Nine's an awful lot. And Detroit has not been completely awful. Mm-hmm. 
but I, and I don't know why I keep taking the Vikings. But I'm taking them again. You're taking I'm, the Vikings. I'm going to take a minus the nine. All right, taking the I Vikings don't know to cover why. nine. I'm just doing it. Well, I told you, if you don't do it, uh-huh. I'm probably going to. Yeah. Detroit plus the nine. Detroit plus the nine. I'm with Jeremy on this one. Detroit is, uh, we have said all season long, that Detroit is that team that nobody wants to face. They are going to fight. They are going to scrounge and scrape. They are going to chew kneecaps, as Dan Campbell likes to say. And I don't see them getting blown out, especially by a very inconsistent Minnesota Vikings team. Minnesota routinely plays to the level of their competition. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm not swayed by the fact that they're at home in the game. I do, I do not care. No, and there's a possibility that Delvin Cook's not going to play because he mm-hmm. re-aggravated the injury. There's just so many things with Minnesota that I look at them and I go, you should be so much better than you are. Because the pass rush hasn't been terrible. They can't stop the run to save their lives. Right. I could see this being one of those games where Dan Campbell goes, hmm, who's my offensive coordinator? Oh, yeah, that former running backs coach. Let's run like 45 times. <laughs> because they are bad at stopping it. Yeah, so Jeremy and I are going to take uh, Detroit plus the nine and the Chief on the Minnesota Vikings to cover the nine points. That's just a lot of points. It's a lot of points. I don't, I don't like, like giving over a touchdown to bad teams. I don't think Detroit wins, but I don't, I don't, I don't think either. they're going to get... I, just keep I don't think there's out. a lot of points in this game. Mm-hmm. I could see that game being like 20 to 16. Oh, I was going to say like 17 I to I just 13. think the Vikes are a better team than they're showing. And, yeah. and it's got to come out one week. Maybe. Well, I mean, it has come out. It's just it's come out against teams. Arizona, that they right? Like like they showed that they could hang with Arizona and then they end up losing the game at the end. The Denver Broncos and the Pittsburgh Steelers. This one's in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is a one point favorite. Ben Roethlisberger is hurt yet again. Now it's not just the pec issue. Now he has a hip injury. I'm taking Denver plus the one. I'm going to take Denver to pull the upset on the road at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I am not sold on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Good. (laughs) Pittsburgh minus one. I don't take bad teams to win on the road. And Denver's a bad team. And I think Teddy Bridgewater's going to play. And I don't know that I care. Oh, I don't know that I care. I would not be taking Denver if I didn't think that Teddy Bridgewater was going to play. I, in this game, I don't think I care. Pittsburgh, you lose this game, your season's over. Mm-hmm. I've looked at your schedule. It's very ugly, and that's what Mike Tomlin, I guarantee you, is screaming from the rooftops right. this week. Pittsburgh, minus one. All right, Chief. You're that confident in Bridgewater? I am that uh, iffy about Pittsburgh. I'll put ah, it that way. Okay. Tank right. trusts gas station hot dogs more than he trusts the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bingo. <laughs> Steelers. He's taking Steelers the Steelers. This week, yeah. All right. You guys Definitely. got an opportunity to pick up a game here on me. Uh, I, you know, it, I probably shouldn't go with Denver plus the one. But like I said, I just can't believe in Pittsburgh. Um, oh, don't get me wrong. I don't believe in Pittsburgh. This is not a, hey, I was right about Pittsburgh. This is a, Denver is, is dog bad? water. <laughs> Uh, and it depends on how deep the bowl is based on right. who plays quarterback. They do have a good defense, though, and I think that they are going to be able to give Ben Roethlisberger fits because his offensive line is trash. Uh, Green Bay Packers, three-point favorites. Three, this is, this is the first time I've seen this line, so 
They're three-point favorites on the road at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Chief, we'll let you take the lead I on that I'll one. I think I'll take Green Bay on that one. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. How is that? What is happening right now? People actually believe that the Cincinnati Bengals are, are, are a thing. Oh, now let me tell you the dumb stat of this. The oh, smart gosh. money's on no, Cincinnati. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Drastically. They're... 19% of tickets, 40 44% of money. Drunk. I I look, I don't disagree with you in any way. <laughs> I don't know what level of alcohol abuse you would have to go through to look at one of the six best teams in the league and go, "Yeah, they're going to lose to the Bengals without Joe Mixon, by <laughs> That's the way." What right. I, I mean, Mixon's out, right? Or yeah. severely banged up. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's not going to play. This is without a doubt a Samaj P. Ryan week. I, I do not. In, this is one of those that I look at and go, what am I missing? Yeah, I don't care. Green Bay. Green Bay. Green Bay to cover the three. It's not even, it's not even close. You got the New England Patriots on the road at the Houston Texans. New England is a 10-point favorite. It's a double-digit line. We don't like laying that many points in the NFL. However, it is the Houston Texans. Mm, you go first. <clears throat> Mac Jones looked really good last week. I get that the, the Tampa Bay secondary is all beat up, but it was also a rainstorm. Tom Brady didn't look very good last week, but Mac Jones did. I think there's something to this New England team, and I have zero faith in the Houston Texans. I mean, they just got smoked by your Buffalo Bills, Chief. And did you see anything in that game that made you think, yeah, Houston, yeah, yeah, yeah they can they can stay within 10 points of New England? I didn't see – when we talked last week, I said I didn't, I didn't even see Houston scoring. Yeah. I didn't even know how they found the end zone. And, and, and they didn't. And they didn't. And they didn't. But that Buffalo defense is a little bit different story, I think. A little bit different story. But I'm, I'm also waiting for you to pick. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going New England. I'm taking New England to cover the 10. Who is it? You and I both want to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you do. I'm taking Houston plus the nine. Oh, okay. Is it I nine don't or- take bad quarterbacks on the road laying more than a point. Mac Jones is not a bad He's not a good quarterback. He's not a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. And there will be a game where it's going to get unveiled. I don't know that Lovey Smith can do it, but that defense is so weird. It's Lovey Smith's defenses have always been really subject to quarterbacks that can challenge you deep. He keeps everything in front of you. Mm. I don't know that you can dink and dunk him like that. I don't think they're winning this game. Do not get me wrong. I could see this being the grossest game all year. I could also see this being a trap game for New England mm-hmm. and Houston leading this game going into the fourth quarter. I'm taking the Texans plus the nine. All right. Do you think it could be a one-score game, Chief? Not, what do you uh, think? Was it nine or ten? It's ten. Oh, it's ten? ten. Oh, yeah, it's I, ten. even better. Uh, that's Give me an extra point. Yeah. yeah he's, the, he's looking at the open again. <laughs> no, that wasn't the I'm, I'm looking at pro football focus's market, oh, which is, that, that determines you. a lot for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gone back and forth on this one, too, and... You know, yeah, after watching that beatdown last week, I mean, how do you take Houston on anything except when they're getting that many points? Mm-hmm. And I, what's the most New England has scored this year? Have they? Mm. I think they've only gone over 20 once. 
No? Something like that. It hasn't that been bad. Right. It has 25 been... against the Jets, and we had to turn it over four times for them to do that. Yeah, so, I mean, that that's where I see it is just New England's not going to put up a lot of points, which means Houston doesn't have to do much at all to cover. So I'll take the 10 as well. Mm, I'm going to I'm going to throw this out there. Uh who who's their quarterback? Don't care. You should. I don't care. Who's the coach of the New England Patriots? And who kills rookie quarterbacks? I Especially love, horrible I love how unbelievably stupid that stat is when you don't have Tom Brady anymore. Oh, Tom never loses to rookies except when he does. Cuz if you take Tom out of that, He's below 500 against rookies. Is he? Yeah. Because the last one they lost was, let's see, before, I don't remember how the stat goes. If you take the rookies out, Bill's actually been bad against rookies. And it's, oh, he takes away what they wanted to. Okay. Yeah. No, he had Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have Tom Brady anymore. He has Tom Brady in a Disney movie in <laughs> Mac Jones. Yeah, I'm good. I'll He's take it. It was All a right. gut-wrenching loss, too, last week. And this is a trap game mm-hmm. to the... If you looked up trap game in the NFL dictionary, this game would pop up. Gutting emotional loss at home against your former quarterback. You put everything into it, and now you play a dumpster fire team that you're going to overlook. You're not at home. Oh, and they're so bad. Mm -hmm. Margins of winning in the NFL are very narrow. New England minus 10. I'd have taken this one at 14. Um, you guys are on the Houston Texans, so we we, we shall see. Uh, I felt good going against you both of you last week. I went 3-0 and when I went against both of you. So just, just throwing that out there. Uh, the, the Chicago Bears and the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. The, the Raiders are a five-and-a-half point favorite at home. We heard the news come out today that... Matt Nagy has decided, no, no, Andrew Dalton's not our starting quarterback. It is now Justin Fields forever. Las Vegas Raiders just lost on Monday Night Football against the L.A. Chargers. It was a heck of a game. They put up a fight in the third quarter. They are going to be able to score a lot, I believe, on this Chicago Bears secondary. The secondary for Chicago is not good. I get that the, the Raiders' offensive line is not good either, and so Khalil Mack and uh, Robert Quinn will probably be able to get a home a, couple, a home a couple of times against Derek Carr, but I am taking the Raiders to cover the five and a half. What I, do you say, Jay? I have the Chicago Bears as one of the three worst teams in the NFL. So I'm getting less than a touchdown, and or I'm having to give less than a touchdown, and they're on the road? I'm taking Vegas. All right, Chief? I like the Raiders as well. Raiders. I was, and I, you know what? That was a great game Sunday night, and it I was. was. And after we walked out here, for I said I should have taken the Chargers though. <laughs> I told you. I got caught up in the hype. Yep. In the Raider hype, but uh, Chargers are the real are deal. Foot- Raiders are a good football. The Chargers team. are the real deal, and here's the thing: I think so are the Raiders. The Raiders. I are have very completely yeah. changed my tune on the Raiders. I think they're very, very good. Uh, so we will all take the Vegas Raiders minus five and a half against the Chicago Bears. If you'd like to make the same wager, you can go to betus.com where all these lines are coming from. Betus.com, betus.com. Use the promo code Sportsocracy, and when you make a deposit, they will give you a deposit bonus of one hundred and twenty-five percent. Which means if you give them a hundred dollars. Then they will give you two hundred and twenty-five dollars to play with, and they'll do that up to twenty-five hundred dollars. So you know, if you wanted to make a sizable deposit, you can have a lot of money in your account uh, thanks to BetUs.com and our promo code Sportsocracy. 
The Cleveland Browns are at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are a one-point favorite. And uh, you know what, Chief? I'm going to let you pick this one. So, you know, after watching the Chargers play last week, that's, you know. It's atonement. This is your chance for atonement. And um, I still, I still don't, I still don't like the Browns. Yep. Uh, oh man! Uh, just give me the Chargers. Let's take it. The Chargers give minus the, Chargers. the one. I'm not going to have to think about this. I think the Chargers are going to scatter, smother, and cover the Browns. <laughs> I am with you on that. I don't see this uh, being a good spot for Baker Mayfield and company. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up offensively. I, I just all of the things. Sure, they'll be able to move the ball on the ground, but Baker Mayfield has been a disaster. Mm-hmm. And some, he has no weapons. Yeah, some of his stats may have looked good this year. I mean, for the first few weeks of the season, he had a he had like the best QBR uh, quarterback rating in the entire league. Yeah, there's a use, there's a reason we don't use quarterback rating anymore. Right, we went QBR. Yeah, because his QBR is like thirty. Was it thirty nine point eight? Yep. He's 10 points below average. Sure. And going up against Justin Herbert. Derwin James. Crush spot. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers minus the one. Not even close. Then the New York Giants take on the Dallas Cowboys. And the Dallas Cowboys are at home in Jerry World again for a 425 start. And they are a seven-point favorite. After handling the Carolina Panthers last week, I don't see how you can not be on the side of the Dallas Cowboys in this one. The value is so bad here. And I don't care. I'm still taking the Cowboys. I, I feel like this number is only as low as it is because the Giants just beat the Saints last week. To me, this is like a this is an 11-point spread. Mm-hmm. Dallas is just markedly better. I don't think you can contend with them. I could easily see Trayvon Diggs's uh, interception streak continuing. I don't like Daniel Jones. Cowboys. All right, Chief. This was another one where I looked at the line and I'm just like the Titans line, like the Green Bay line, and I was just like, "What?" This it just didn't make sense. And yeah, I mean the Cowboys' offense has just been phenomenal. Yeah. I just I don't see. How the Giants keep up with that? I don't either. And the defense, no possible way. And the defense for the Dallas Cowboys is is good. They've got a lot of playmakers. They just let go of Jalen Smith, who's a really great linebacker, because they believe in their rookie so much. I'm with da- I'm with y'all on Dallas. Dallas minus the seven. Uh, I don't think that's going to be all that competitive of a game either. The San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are a six-point favorite in the NFC West showdown. I had them last week against the L.A. Rams, and I don't think I can go against them against the San Francisco 49ers. That offense is just too good, and I think San Francisco is exploitable. I'm taking the Cardinals minus the six. I'm going, I, I don't think I've bet at Arizona all year, maybe the first week, and... Just Murray is just playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't see that slowing down. And, uh, yeah, I'm all over all over Arizona. I'm, I'm becoming a believer there. 
I think I smell a disagreement. Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> San Francisco shouldn't be a six-point dog to anybody. I don't care if it's Trey Lance. I don't care if it's Jimmy Garoppolo. This is a unknown with Trey Lance number. If you find out Garoppolo's playing, you watch this number is going to drop like a rock. Mm-hmm. I'm taking San Francisco plus six, and I didn't think about it for even. I didn't think about it for a second. Okay, all right. We shall see. Then Sunday night football. Wow. I mean, wow. You got two shutouts in four weeks. Your defense is setting records. How do you get rewarded for that? Guess what? You got to go to Kansas City and take on Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and all of the wonderful toys that Andy Reid has at his disposal. Your Buffalo Bills chief uh, going up against Kansas City. This is... uh, this is a matchup of the two best teams in the AFC, in my opinion. This is this is an interesting game, uh, but who would have thought the possi- even the possibility of the Chiefs being two two and three in w- by week five? Right. I mean, who who would have even thought that'd be possible? Um, but Buffalo is putting up points like you wouldn't believe. I think they can exploit KC. It's I obviously I think it's going to be a shootout, but Buff, I think Buffalo wins with the better with the better defense, and I think two and a half, and getting two and a half gets it done. So yeah, I'm taking the Bills. Okay, I am going to be. Oh, I'm going to regret doing this, but I'm going to be on the Kansas City Kansas City side. Buffalo has to lose at some point. That was week one. I know it was week one. But I mean, it's a long season, and there aren't very many games. There, it's looking at the, at the schedule at the beginning of the season. I saw the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs all in the same boat. Like there are only four or five games on your entire schedule that you're gonna be able to lose. Again, half your team doesn't show up. You should be able to beat the bottom half of the league because your teams are that good. And I'm expecting. An all-time great showdown. It could be a fantastic shootout between these two teams. But I will take Kansas City to cover the three at home. I know they're not good against the spread this year, but they are at home. These guys remind me of Mahomes and Allen back in the days when I was watching Kelly. And Marino. And Marino. And Marino. But also with, with Montana, when, when the Bills would just, they would just shoot. I think they had that game where no punts. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo beat uh, San Francisco in San Fr- I mean, just fabulous offenses going up and down the field mm-hmm. all over each other. But, yeah, I just think the, the Bills' defense is a little bit better. This one's difficult for me because I have Buffalo as the number one team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Vegas has Kansas City as the number one team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And here's the one thing, and Chief Zach said it when he picked this, I cannot for the life of me figure out how Kansas City would go 3-2. and two. I'm taking Kansas City minus two and a half. Mm -hmm. And I have a funny feeling this is going to be one of those games that we walk away from and go, how in the world did that just happen? I could see Mahomes having 400 yards in this game. Not because of anything Buffalo did, but because it's Andy Reid. And what does Andy Reid do better than anybody? Come up with creative schemes in big games. Yep, He doesn't tip his hand often. But I could easily see some of those bag of tricks coming out against Buffalo going, we can't lose this game. We mm-hmm. cannot be 2-3 and three in this division with the Chargers, who are probably going to be 4-1. and one. 
with the Raiders, who are probably going to be four and one, and the Broncos, who could be four and one. Mm-hmm. I just don't see how they. I still think Buffalo is the better team, and I'm not even swayed by the. I'm swayed by the. I don't see how they could possibly be two and three. Right. Kansas City. Yeah, Buffalo is the to me the more complete team out of the two. Very much. Kansas so. City's defense is not great. But I still believe in the you know the offensive prowess of Kansas City. They're gonna be able to find a way. They're gonna be able to find ways to put up points against Buffalo. I see McDermott. McDermott has now seen Mahomes twice, and McDermott is is a good defensive mind. And I think he's he's got to dial it up. He he's got to figure out. He's he's had two two whacks at Mahomes. They can't lose to him a third time. Yep. All right, we shall see. And then Indianapolis on Monday Night Football takes on the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. And Baltimore is a seven-point favorite. Chief, we'll let you do the honors on the last pick of the week. I think that's numbers where it should be, but it's definitely Baltimore. Definitely all the way. All right. Baltimore's had some, uh, they, they, they had a scare against Detroit a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, they took care of business this past week against Denver. Um, you know, I don't see Denver and Indianapolis being all that different. I think they kind of lay the same as as teams, and I think Baltimore is going to be able to handle the biz. I'm taking Baltimore minus the seven. I thought you would. <laughs> Baltimore is one of those Jekyll and Hyde teams, and, and and even their Mister Hyde side is not bad. This is another one that I think this team is better than they have played. I don't like giving touchdowns to anybody. This is a really important game for Indianapolis. I'm going to take Indy plus the seven. This is one of those that I may look back on and go, was I drinking during the show? Like, Why did I do that? <laughs> but I, I've had three gut call games in the last three weeks. Yeah, I have not taken not one of them, and they have all three covered. This is the this is my gut call of this week. I'm okay. taking Indy plus the seven. Baltimore wins. Indy covers. All right, we've got seven games that we are differing on this week. So, um, everybody's you know it's still anybody's ball game. I will let you guys still stay stay hanging around as long as I let you. Uh, <laughs> the more he talks, the better I feel about this week for myself. As you should. As you should. One hundred percent. It's a, it's, it's a well-known fact. Uh, in fact, you came up with the name for it, the Tank Spencer Kiss of Death. Kiss I'm of doing death. it to myself. Uh, as we said, after four weeks of Beat the Chief, brought to you by Clarissa Marshall of EXP Realty, ClarissaSellsWNC.com. Uh, after four weeks, I am the current leader on the season at 14-12. and 12. The Chief is 12-14. and 14. Jeremy's got a lot of ground to make up at 10-16 and 16 for the year. Got seven games on the line this week. We will see how it uh, all shakes out. And, Chief, as always, it's fun hanging out with you, picking games. And uh, can't wait to have you back in here next week. I look forward to it every week, guys. Right, Thank you very much. And don't forget to make the call. Uh, buying or selling, ClarissaSellsWNC.com is the website. Clarissa Marshall of EXP Realty. Always bring, bringing to you Beat the Chief here on ESPN Asheville. Real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. 
I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. Come. It's the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. Thanks again to Asheville Police Chief David Zach for coming in and playing Beat the Chief with us once again this week. Now it's time for something to chew on with Caleb Peake. The pitch to Stanton. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Out of the ballpark. A Stantonian home run. Now, what did, what did I do wrong? What did I see wrong? He's at first base. I'm Caleb Peek. This is Chew on That, brought to you by Ingalls Markets. Low prices, love the savings. We've all got one. You know that one English word in your vocabulary that you can't get enough of. Maybe it makes you sound more informed. Maybe it makes you sound more intelligent. But for whatever reason, or maybe for no reason at all, you'll never pass up a chance to use this particular word whenever you see an opening. For me, that word is microcosm. And what happened to the Yankees last night at Fenway Park is just that, a microcosm of the season that was for the Bronx Bombers. And it's an even bigger indicator of why the winds of change are beginning to blow in the New York clubhouse. So I'd never really thought of it this way. But a microcosm is actually defined as a quote-unquote little world or a world in miniature. It's allowing something small like one baseball game or even a couple of moments within one baseball game to represent a larger picture like a full 162-game Major League season. Except last night, the entire 162-game season came down to game 163. And the problems that hounded the Yankees all year long are the same problems that prevented them from playing more than a single game in the postseason. One of those little moments of clarity came almost right out of the gate. You heard the audio just a second ago. That was John Sterling, longtime radio voice of the Yankees, as he saw Giancarlo Stanton turn on a two-out breaking ball from Nathan Eovaldi and take his sweet time breaking into a home run trot toward first base. The only problem is, had Sterling been watching the ball instead of the batsman, he would have seen that the ball did not clear the iconic green monster in Fenway's left field, instead falling dead off the top of the wall and holding Stanton to an incredibly awkward single. It wasn't only John Sterling that assumed the ball was long gone. If you watched the ESPN broadcast, you heard Matt Vaskersian enthusiastically credit Stanton with a first blood home run before correcting himself in disbelief. On a normal night, this would just be a base running error by Giancarlo that would do little more than conjure up a couple of post-game questions from reporters and spend a day as part of SportsCenter's Not Top Ten Plays. But last night, it was almost like watching a giant inflatable Santa on your lawn when you pull the plug after the holidays. After that botched play, the Yankees fell flat right in front of my eyes. Think about it. Had that ball traveled as far as Stanton thought it was going to, New York could have been on the board first on a night when Fenway was virtually vibrating with electricity. And on a night that New York never led, it could have been a chance to flip the script. Instead, that run comes off the board. Stanton stands at first, and all the long faces in Yankee Road Gray told the obvious tale. The Yankees were visibly worried. 
To make matters worse, the second microcosm of the Yankees' season came in the top of the sixth when third base coach Phil Nevin misread yet another carom off the monster from the bat of Giancarlo Stanton, sending the 282-pound Aaron Judge to meet his fate at home plate. There would be at least a little redemption here for Phil Nevin if the play had been at least somewhat close. But Judge never had a chance. The misread by Nevin nullified what was beginning to turn into a one-out rally with New York down by two runs, cutting down Judge at home and taking the sack fly off the table for cleanup hitter Joey Gallo. One of my favorite sayings ever is that sports are a metaphor for life. That's an indisputable truth. And just like in life, baseball is full of factors that you can't control. For the Yankees, those factors were Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, and Nathan Eovaldi. All three of those guys were absolutely phenomenal last night, and Bogarts deserves player of the game honors for his contributions both in the lineup and with the leather at shortstop. But New York had plenty of arrows in their quiver, as Alex Rodriguez explained Aaron Boone's dugout during an appearance on Greeny yesterday morning. The problem is, all the arrows were blunt. Garrett Cole was never a factor. He looked so shaken after 50 pitches and just two innings of work that I thought Boone would need to bring out a security blanket, and it begs the question if Corey Kluber is the actual ace of the staff. The longest tenured Yankee, Brett Gardner, looked totally lost against the master of mixed speeds that is Nathan Eovaldi. Offensive production was at a pittance in a game when it should have been at a premium. That's why today, some of the Yankees that are on the chopping block kind of sound like they're pleading for their careers. Skipper Aaron Boone, whose contract expired when Boston recorded out number 27 last night, went on record to say, I want to be here. Aaron Judge, who's entering the final year of his contract in 2022, is quoted as saying, I love playing here. I want to stay, end quote. But here's the deal. In a league whose M.O. might as well be, what have you done for me lately? You've got to, well, do something. Aaron Boone will always be a hero in New York for what he did in 2003. But that was 2003. What's he really done to deserve to keep his job? And if we've seen the best of Aaron Judge, which I really, truly hope we haven't, could you blame Brian Cashman for floating his biggest, brightest bargaining chip on the water just to see who bites before it's too late? Baseball's a money game, and the Yankees have always had plenty of it. But if all that capital can't buy a team that performs when the lights are brightest, then the New York Yankees aren't worth the paper they're printed on. I'm Caleb Peek. That's something to chew on.